Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. I'm your host, Chet Czar, and today we have the amazing Dave Korea joining us. I just had a great conversation with him. Really cool guy, great artist, known him for a long time, um, part of the Zero Friends crew back in the day, Alex, Party, John, Jonathan Wayshack. Uh, Got to get him on again. Super talented group of people, and, and um, yeah, I had a great time talking with them. Lots of technical talk about printing, sculpting, and casting, and molding today, if you like that sort of thing. But just a good good conversation in general. Uh, super easy to talk to. Yeah, so that's coming up. Um, what's been going on with me? Okay, what? What's been going on? Uh, let's see. Oh, I did. Uh, I, I, I've been doing these mini, these mini two by three inch paintings. I did a glow in the dark one and that seemed to go over well. So I'm going to do some more kind of glow in the dark paintings. You probably can't see. Okay. If you're on YouTube, maybe you could see this. Let me turn the light off. Okay. This is for YouTube people. Oops. Shit. This is for YouTubers, YouTube viewers only. Okay. Here's the glow-in-the-dark mini painting. You see that? Ooh. Okay, I'm going to put my lights back on. That was dumb. Anyway, that's what I've been working on these. These little mini paintings. Um, to bring in a little extra dough. And i uh, got a study here. A collector wants to be turned into a zombie and that's it back to um getting on my commissions io and all that other stuff nothing new you, you probably noticed the theme if you're an avid listener of the show that this year there's been a lot less exciting news happening every week because i'm just grinding it out getting caught up on things um yeah about to start some paintings too for for uh the blab show the annual blab show at Copro Gallery, and I've got one uh, called Inner Monsters uh, for Caricatura, Caricatura, um, Dos Diablos's partner. She's curating a show at Dark Art Emporium, and there's one for a Beautiful Bizarre Show. I've got a few group shows I'm doing too. Basically, uh, oh yeah. So if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash dark art society. Join for as little as a dollar. You can get the podcast a day early <clears throat> and, um, support the show. And, uh, uh, you also at the $5 and above level, you can get a 20% coupon code for skull shop. S-K-U-L-S-H-O-P-P. I got coffee on it. It's dirty, but that adds to it, the dirtiness. That's how well, that's how much I use this skull, both of my skulls. They get a little dirty, but you know, it just adds to it. But I use them all the time. I'm actually going to paint this one in the Blab, the Blab show. I've got a really cool painting that I'm going to use this, this for the painting. 
anyway, yeah, go to S-K-U-L-L-S-H-O-P-P-E. They got amazing, 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 excellent skulls. I can't speak highly enough about these um, uh, resin skulls. They look totally real. And uh, again, if you join the Dark Art Society Patreon for at the $5 level or above, you can get 20% off. Um, what else is there? Oh, yeah. new and, and you get your name right in the air, aside from getting the podcast today early. Um, let's see. Thank you for the new subscribers. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, we've got, I think I might have read these last ones. I'm going to read them again. In case I didn't, uh, Nash Babin, Stephanie Stevenson, thank you both so very much. And then Chris Koch, K-A-O-C-H, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And Albert Crowley, nice name. Chris, I, re I recognize you, Chris Koch, from uh, my other Patreon, my personal Patreon. If you want to join that, you can go to patreon.com slash chetzar support me there i would also like to add before we get on with this interview uh, if you could please like and subscribe and hit the notification bell button i don't think i've ever asked anybody to do that if you're listening on youtube because i'm trying to get this youtube channel to where it's um catching the algorithm and it, and i see the progress little by little it's working but it's just so slow so the more people that hit the like button um, the better it will be for us. And, um, you know, I, I just would appreciate it if you could do that and share it. That would be great. Uh, especially the YouTube link. I'm really trying to build the YouTube presence here. Um, I guess that's it. It doesn't, you know, none of this matters anyway. What you're here for is the Dave Korea interview. So let's get on with it. Great guy. Great artist. I hope you enjoy it. Good conversation. Here we go. What's up, Dave? Hey, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Glad to find your studio you looks on. very lived in. It looks like you've just been in that same spot for like decades. Is this for, the same yeah. studio that we saw when we came to your house that one time? No, no, that was when I was working in my garage, which was nice because right. of the space, but it would get really hot in the summer and really cold in yeah. the winter. So I'm in a bedroom now. So okay, cool. My, my kid's old room. And um, yeah, it's definitely got that lived in look. It's yeah, it's, it's a real working functional studio. <laughs> It's very dense. Yeah, it's like I I I feel like this is um like a like a, a spaceship cockpit. You know, it's like this is the easel, <laughs> and it's like I've got this little tiny space. I got my computer here, and and it's like all my time is spent in like a five foot five you know or maybe five yeah four or five five foot by five foot little square. That's funny. On my office, this is I'm in I'm in the office to my house, and like same like I, there's like walls i can't even get to because like there's a desk in front of it and like yeah. the drawers are pulled out like i can probably get to if i like i lean pretty hard but like i just like the this room's the same size but it's just enclosing in on me like my little workspace is getting smaller smaller. i have a right. studio down the street which i, I which is nice for like That's bigger cool. things but like um i use this for like kind of like most everything i just like being at home better than going to the studio sometimes too. yeah i wish i had a studio like outside of my house it's my dream although if i could get my garage and i have like a little back house 
It's just got low mm -hmm. ceilings. I really like to have high ceilings and stuff, but yeah, I'd love to have a nice big studio like Gabe. Gabe Leonard's got this crazy big studio in downtown LA, but I don't know if it's right. I got a pretty so. big place too. I, I lucked into it. I was looking for a, I was looking for a space. I had a solo show. I want to say like five or six years ago, and I wanted to paint like a lot of pieces. I want to paint like some big paintings, like some four foot by five foot ones. And I just want to like to spread out. And we have a really small house, so it's like it's hard to do that in here. You have yeah. to kind of like stack things and stack things and move things around. So I was looking for a place, and my landlord. He's like my landlord who owns my house owns like our entire street, but he also has like commercial properties all over our town. And I asked him if he had a place to rent. And uh, he's just like, oh, yeah, go go check out this space. And he shows it to me. And it's big. It's like, you know, 1200 square feet, wow. 1300 square feet. I'm just like, man, this is awesome. But and it's like four rooms. You know, it's like it's like an old office building. I'm like, man, this is awesome, but like, it's big. Like, how much is it per square foot? Like, he's like, oh, it's like a buck a square foot. I'm like, ah, I can't afford that. He's like, well, how much can you afford? I'm like, I can afford like 400 bucks, maybe. He's just like, oh, that's fine. So he's just like, yeah, he just gave it to me. And he's just, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, thank you. I'm like, thank you so much. I'm like, I just, I'll just have it for like, you know, a few months. Like, I just need it for from like from hmm. the time I'm starting now until my show's over, then I'm, I'm out of your hair. And he's like, all right, cool. Let's do like a month to month lease. And that was like six years ago. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't left yet. So I've been the same spot, but I'm also just kind of like waiting for something to happen, you know, like, Hey, get out of here. Some, someone with real money wants to right. come pay, you know? So, but it's so far, it's been so good. And you know, I, I love it there and I don't take it for granted. You know, I, I try and go there as often as possible, but it is old. Like there's no AC there. It's like, we get really hot weather kind of like you guys right. where it'll be like over a hundred for you know a week or two and it's like you just can't you just yeah. can't be in there you yeah. know and it gets really cold in winter time so i use it when i can you know we're having a little it's hot right now so it's hard to go over there and work but i would, you know, I, would I love it yeah, yeah. I, if i could if i could find something like that for 400 bucks that i just use Dude, sometimes yeah. i would so totally do that it's, yeah it's become like like it's become like a hangout i made one room into like a living room slash like hangout area like i have like art nights there with my buddies and stuff and oh, like, cool. you know, yeah it's it's really fun we'll like watch movies and just like draw and paint and just you know be you know fun it's just a fun time that's cool yeah so uh okay let's start with our history when did we, yeah when did we meet because i i we talked i talked to um uh alex party yeah. about this and he seemed to remember more than i did i can't remember anything but i know we met <laughs> online have, early yeah. 2000s maybe that's a, yeah that's about right i know what we were myspace friends but i i have a memory even before that that you're probably not even aware of so i was going to school for animation computer animation at the time and towards the end of my you know, my, my four year three and a half four year like stint there i was trying to like make demo reels and like send them places and i don't remember how but i came across screaming lobster oh yeah. old, wow I, yeah you know screaming yeah. lobster nobody knows screaming yeah lobster. i'm just like i'm like whoa like this is so cool because like everyone in my school was like trying to apply to like disney or like you know i don't know if pixar was even a thing back then i've been pdi or whatever it was back then like everyone was trying to go like more that route and when i saw like this like the screaming lobster website i don't even remember what it looked like I remember it's like a bunch of like you know, crazy cool art. I'm like, this is so cool. Like, this is exactly like the kind of stuff I want to do. And I remember I, I might have sent you a demo reel or maybe I just emailed you or something. I think I got in touch with you somehow. But I sent out like maybe 15 demo reels to all these different companies. I just got rejections like, oh, like we're not hiring this and that. You were the only person who like replied like as a 
person. Like oh, I got like cool. just that we're just like these blanket kind of like thanks but no thanks type of thing. But you're just like, hey man, you know, we're like just these like you know just we're like this ragtag group of guys just making. We don't, we don't we're not really hiring right now. But you're super nice and like you're like, hey, if you ever have any questions, you know, something like that, email me. I'm like, oh wow, that's like that's really nice of him. And then I think we became friends on like MySpace, and then I would email you occasionally and ask you for like art type advice at the time mm-hmm. and you would always reply with like not just like a sentence or two but like paragraphs of just like suggestion and like uh ideas and just stuff and i thought that was really really cool and uh. i just really kind of like appreciate you and everything that you were doing at the time and i think at some point we met in la for something and i kind of don't remember that but i remember meeting you at comic-con and like meeting you at art shows you had us in a show at one point i don't remember what it was um oh it was your dvd release part party oh wow your DVD thing? Yeah, yeah that was what? that was like 2004 yeah something so, like that i remember alex and i and maybe a couple other of our friends that was a cannibal flower Oh, was it? Yeah. Those places were cool. I remember going to a couple of those shows. They were like, they were wild. I remember like- So many people got their start there in LA. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, but I remember you were like really cool and you, you would invite us to be participants in those shows. I remember I had a piece in there. I think it might've sold. I, I have actually have a, I think I bought a sketch of yours there. I have it on the Oh, wall. wow. <laughs> cool. Yeah, you want to see it? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Like, yeah. What a trip. Yeah, it's- That's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Yeah. That's 2004. Look at this. I don't know if you oh, see no that. way. That's a great one. <laughs> I yeah. still like that one. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. It definitely says 2004. And I remember, I think I remember I bought this at that DVD release party. Oh, so wow. That's so that makes funny. Sense. Yeah. That's crazy. It's like almost 20 years ago, dude. Yeah. At least yeah. that show. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. That's so cool. Well, I yeah. mean, the, the... I remember the... Yeah. well, what were you going to say? Oh, I just the, the show like I, all these memories are coming back. I remember there's like there's like a suspension artist who was like hanging from chains from their skin. <laughs> <laughs> Those are great just, shows. Like, crazy man. night. Yeah, they were super fun. What was the other one that was it called? Like it was up by like an, uh, a loft or hanger something. Hanger eighteen. Hanger. Hanger eighteen. It was a hanger eighteen. Yeah. I think it was hanger eighteen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was that, those were good times. It was uh, exciting. I remember it was like, you know, it was uh, totally underground and. Yep. There was like kind of a, if you had halfway decent artwork, they, they would let you in. And it was a way to kind of get your feet wet before you got into the bigger galleries. So all yeah. these artists got their start there. And that's where we yeah. all met each other. Like, you know, you guys and Luke Chu and uh, 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 Audrey Kawasaki, I think. And all these big yeah. artists now were starting, uh, starting at Cannibal Flower at the hangar it's really amazing yeah it was a really cool like not like it wasn't it didn't feel like exclusive or anything it just no. felt like hey you just kind of come and hang out and show some art and have a good time everyone was like super nice you know yeah. like it was a really it had a really good vibe to it for sure yeah yeah i remember thinking back back then i remember thinking like wow this is really like a special one of those you hear about stuff like that like in the early days of punk rock and stuff how they talk about how yeah, the shows yeah. were super cheap and every and it was all community based and and uh you know people take it for granted and that, but i remember i was kind of i think old enough because <clears throat> i was a little older maybe than a lot of people there um and I remember thinking, yeah, this is like something we should remember. It's not going to last, you know, it's just one of yeah. those things, you know, special moments in 
time. Uh, yeah, I don't even like doing shows really anymore. Like I, I tend to like not even do group shows or anything. And now they're pulling out the uh, all the construction work stuff. So if it gets loud, if you start hearing it, let me know, and I can always. I can barely hear a else. beep, but it's not bad at all. It's fine. Okay, it's fine. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I haven't really been into like shows or group shows lately. I just don't like the whole. At least with the people I've been working with the model is just kind of it's just so different now you know i feel like it's just as e it's just easier to like sell art online or through my own kind of like you know avenues as opposed to like having like a, a gallery that won't really promote and wants to take half and you're like i feel like i'm doing like a lot of legwork and stuff mm -hmm. so yeah um, how do you feel about that do you i mean i know you still do kind of like shows at like cop, cop and stuff that's pretty much it <clears throat> you know yeah. and if, if you know if i have any uh brands that are curating shows like um uh, i'm doing putting a small piece in a show at dark art emporium oh yeah that's jeremy is that jeremy cross jeremy cross thing? and jeremy yeah. what's the other jeremy's name he's really cool he's the owner i think i don't oh, know i, I don't know them he's... too well i've only met jeremy a couple times jeremy cross a couple times i like i like him i like his stuff though yeah yeah they're both amazing and the gallery's super cool but um uh, uh caricatura uh dos, Di dos diablos's girlfriend she's oh, okay. she's curating the show and so i put a shit piece in for that but otherwise i'm just doing like if copro has any bigger um group shows that are kind of like the la art show i'll usually do or if he has like kind of a dark art group show i'll do some or the blab show i do every year which is just mm -hmm. like an annual thing they have and then i try and do a solo show every year there and um mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's like you know i i feel you generally it's like uh the the group show scene is sort of something i think you do as you're coming up to try and mm -hmm. build your repertoire and get your credits and get your uh you know representation and try and make connections and stuff and then you hit a certain point and it has to be then then it has to there you have to have a reason for doing it at a certain point yeah. you know and i have a really good relationship with copro and um and and the, seeing the stuff since i'm especially since i'm not doing the cons as much anymore i it's like an opportunity for people to see the work in person and come together and have like a party so it's that, that's the that's main the thing. way yeah i i like that mentality of it it's like the 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 solo show is like a celebration of all the work that you put into this kind of thing and it's just like look at what i've done the last yeah, like four months it's and like, seeing it's all it here. and seeing it in person yeah. is so much different than seeing it online that's the other thing oh yeah you yeah know? that's a thing it's like you know a, a big a big oil painting or a big piece or any size piece is way better than seeing it on a two inch by two inch screen because like there's no depth yeah so it just it doesn't it's, it's just different <laughs> yeah so yeah so it's for me it's it's definitely still worth it and copro you know we've been working together since back when you and i met because that's around the yeah. time gary found me at uh at a uh, uh, cannibal flower and then he and i started showing with him he's been good to me and we just have just a great relationship he's a good friend too and and erica's awesome his um partner who, who's, who runs it so I like supporting them. I like having a yearly show where people can come and see the work. I mean, I've got some people that will come that kind of make it their art vacation. 
Like they come That's in, awesome. they plan a vacation, so they come out to the show, and it's like, yeah, it's it's amazing. And then everyone gets to see each other, and they all kind of know each other. So it's really, uh, I don't know. It feels like it, it's 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 a it's an important thing for me to do in my career, you know. Um, so except for this year, I took a year off finally because I have to get all these questions yeah. done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I so I mean. The good thing about, yeah, is with, with group shows or, or I'm sorry, solo shows, like it's having that connection with a gallery that you like and trust and yeah. you're willing to kind of like work a little with more. Like I used to show with Upper Playground um, and they were great because they were a gallery and they also had a boutique next door and they would promote me like all year long. So mm -hmm. it wasn't just like this, hey, uh, Dave Creo solo show next month, come check, check it out. Like they would keep my stuff in their store and promote that show for like at least six months so when the opening happened it was just like really packed you know like they and i felt like okay that's worth that 50%. right yeah, that's yeah like they're like they bring in the people like i don't you know that's yeah. not just me promoting it's them promoting like they're bringing this whole crowd in so like that to me is worth it and like i feel i feel like and there, there are galleries that do that and there's galleries that don't and just trying to find the one that that you feel comfortable with and and you know that makes your that they they see like the value in your work and the value in who you yeah, are you know? yeah yeah and it's like i've got just sit there's uh, the, my relationship with copro is so good they're just so good to me they're they're just amazing you know if that's I, awesome if yeah if i'm having trouble uh with bills or something it, it, it's like they'll buy some work if i have some work around dude that's amazing that's how it should be i know that's the old they, they, that's they, the they, way, tr they trust you yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. the way that's kind of like the old school gallery scene. That's what galleries used to do. They used to support the artists and there was this kind of relationship there. And so, you know, and it's like, I don't try and abuse the privilege. I just kind of have it in my back pocket if I get desperate and I have some work around mm -hmm. and, you know, and we also kind of have an understanding to where like I sell smaller pieces and studies directly to people, but I'm generally not putting like big paintings out. I'll sell through them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm totally cool with that because my bread and butter are these small, smaller pieces that I sell uh, through my Patreon and stuff. So oh, same. It's it's way easier to sell smaller pieces than it is big pieces. I yeah. mean, that's why it's because I mean, that's I, a big was just, why I do conventions, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I was saying the other day, I wrote on uh, threads. I was like, I can't afford to buy my own paintings. I've said it a million times and it's like a running yeah. joke that a lot of artists say, but it's like, I can't, I couldn't afford, I couldn't afford a study right now. <laughs> of yeah. Mine, you yeah. Know? I, yeah. I, I learned that by doing conventions also is like, you know, we, conventions for us is like mostly like a merchandise thing. Like we bring lots of like, yeah. you know, pins and prints and books and that kind of stuff. But I do bring some, some oil paintings and they're small. They're like little five by sevens. And that's what, I, that's about what I, that's the, top end thing i can move there I, I can't bring anything bigger and like sell that you know so but i can sell a bunch of the small oils you know yeah. so it's just like kind of knowing your market knowing where you can kind of like sell these certain things a time and place for everything i still paint big i just save that for something else right you know? <clears throat> so yeah yeah and every artist has a different uh what a different way of selling different things sell better for them different sizes mm -hmm. different price points it's like every i've talked to so many artists on here and it's like there is not a formula that works for everybody it's like there's a similar formula but the details vary greatly you know yeah it's totally a different trip it's really it's really interesting and it's i guess yeah it's and it's kind of, of also knowing sorry it's kind of also knowing like what you want to do too like i would love to paint big all the time and then i do but they don't always sell all the time. Doesn't mean I stop, but like it's just also knowing where I can do 
the small ones, you know, like yeah. conventions are good for that kind of stuff, you know, like solo shows for the good for the big ones. Yeah. And also it's just kind of fun just to paint something big and oh man, I'm dying. Push it away. I'm dying to paint you know, like big. I, I just don't, yeah, I don't have I, time to do that. I, it's like, cause I always have to be making money. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, yeah. So I don't have, I, I rarely have like two weeks where I could work on a painting just for fun. Yeah. You know, which is where I'm hoping to get at some point. You know, sometimes things are good and I can do that, but generally I have to just keep hustling with smaller pieces like this. Yeah. And, um, it's kind of nice to have one that I just, you just chip away at it. Like yeah, I have, yeah. like one, one, one of the pictures I sent you and I have two, I have another piece of my house that me and Wayshak Weish- or my studio, me and Wayshak are working on it and we'll just like pull it out, work on it for like an hour here, an hour there, and then like hang it back on the wall and it just sits there for months, you know? That's so but cool. But it's just like kind of like this thing we're just eventually going to get done or we don't. It's just kind of fun to work on, you know, just yeah. just to know that it's there and it started is, is a good feeling, you know? So you work with Wayshak a lot? Uh, not really. I mean, he's like one of my close, close friends. He doesn't live too far from me, like an hour away. So I, I've known him since I've known Alex and Skinner yeah, since like early so 2000s. He's so amazing. His artwork he's, is so, he's like so underrated, I think. Dude, he's like the best. He is, I, I always say like, he's just like the best painter. He's the best he, inker. He's like, amazing. He's just amazing at whatever he does. Yeah. yeah. And I, I do think he's, he should be like the, he's doing comics now, but he, and he should be like the biggest name in comics. I don't get I've, I, It's like, there's so many, yeah, there's so many, I've, I've had so many artists on the show like this, you know, like Christopher Ulrich is like this as well. I'm always talking about, it's yeah. like, if the world was good, you know, it, he would be a millionaire. It's like these people yeah. would be millionaires if the world was correct. It's just wrong yeah. that these guys aren't totally massively successful because they're so, so incredibly talented. But uh, he's been on the show. He was on the show a yeah. long time ago. I got to get him on now that we're doing video and stuff. Um, okay, yeah, I, I just saw him at Comic Con. Uh, we always go down to Comic Con together. He's in an, on a, at a different booth than us, but uh, yeah, we always uh, kind of like hang out afterwards and get dinner and stuff all the time. So yeah, yeah. super cool guy dude. too. And he's a no yeah. means no fan, which is uh, another it was another <laughs> shocking surprise. I found out no means no. Yeah fans are so rare because nobody knows about them but they're the greatest i don't i i only know them because you guys have like this crazy i, I, I listen to your podcast and i'm just, and you guys like fell in love over the fact that you both were like no means no fans i'm like i don't even know who these guys are so i had to like listen to them they're amazing they're amazing you gotta you gotta yeah uh, anyway so um yeah any uh uh i want to hear your kind of like backstory and everything and hear how you got into art and all this stuff but i do want to say before we get into that um uh watching your art develop over the years has been so cool because you've really reached you've gotten just i've just i watched you since i first knew you and your work just steadily got better and better and better and it's like so amazing now i think it's so good oh, dude, thank you it's so like, much uh, yeah it's yeah. like uh really you're painting at such a high level now and you're uh super cool to see super cool to see like you've been obviously busting your ass and 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 you know not well thank around. you so much <laughs> i i appreciate i appreciate the compliment that means a lot to me especially coming from you so thank you yeah yeah um, you know, the stuff you the those pictures you sent me were like you know i've seen i'd seen him before i'd seen it at least i think well i've seen one of them before but um the one really kind of elaborate one that had like oh, a bunch yeah. of figures i'd seen that one before but it's really really amazing a great oh, great piece you. and then the other the other one is uh that cthulhu one is i love those colors you use are super cool it's very unique oh, i just finished that for comic-con like last week it's that's a pencil drawing that i colored in photoshop 
but yeah, it I looks like amazing. Push, like the colors are thank so you. cool. All your colors. Yeah, That's the other you. thing. Is like all your colors are like very you. You don't see a lot of other people doing what you're doing. I, I don't know. You've got a you've definitely got your own voice. Uh, I can always tell when it's your work, which is kind of the ultimate goal for us as artists, I think. Um, and uh, it's just great. I just love it. Ah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. So, um, <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I guess where do I start? So, I, I've been drawing. I think forever. I think that's most artists like you know kind of like they i was drawn at such a young age i don't remember like when i started i was just always kind of doing it mm -hmm. and i just feel like i never stopped you know like i was really into drawing in, in like third fourth grade and i was always the kid who would just like sit there and draw and draw and draw and i i kind of just carried on through my entire like junior high high school i was always just you know didn't have a ton of friends but i the ones i did have were kind of close and we just sit and draw and draw and then, you know, when it came time to like figure out what to do with your life after high school, it's like, well, I don't know. I, I at the time, 3D animation and art were becoming more of like a like a, a thing. And um, I'm like, well, that's I was already I was already trying to like learn Photoshop on my own. Like, I, I think I got like a Photoshop book and my mom was doing like some graphic design. Yeah, I remember books. Remember, remember all the 3D and, and Photoshop Dude, books. Yeah. Had, there was like a section in the bookstore. You had to go buy, go to the bookstore and find these thick ass technical yeah. books about how to do use Photoshop or Lightwave. I remember or I learned on Studio Photoshop Max or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I learned. On, I remember I learned on a uh, Photoshop three. Wow. And it was just like a super. It might have been 1999 or 98 mm -hmm. or whatever. That's around the time. And I, I liked that. It. Yeah, and I, I just thought it was cool. So like I'm like. So I started like, you know, trying to look at like 3D Studio Max or one of those things. And that just got me into like learning or um, wanting to do more 3D animation stuff. So I went to a school in the South Bay called Cogswell. Um, I don't even know if there's a school anymore. They might have lost their accreditation. I, I looked at a few schools in the Bay Area, like the Academy of Art, um, CCAC. And I think I taught a class Cogswell. at Academy of Art with... Uh... Up in San Francisco? Yeah, uh, for uh, Miriam um, Pseudo Five, she does pins. Oh yeah, yeah, almost amusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, yeah she, I know that she went there. Yeah, yeah. She brought me, or she got it worked out to where I went went there to teach a class. One That's time. awesome. I remember. I think cool. I remember she told me about that. She used to live in this area. I think she lives on the East Coast now. Right. Um, but yeah, so I went to a, a school called Cogswell, and like, I learned like the, all the three D stuff. Like we, I think we learned on. Uh, soft image maya max <laughs> yeah like it was like super old and i liked it i wasn't like really great at it i never like was really good at like the technical computery side of it yeah, you know like so hard um it, yeah i just and it also like i mean, at school i would take like painting classes and 2d animation classes and all this more traditional stuff and i really loved that stuff i really mm. liked learning how to do like figure we had have like figure painting classes where we would sit and paint a, a study of a, of a, you know, a model in oils. And I loved that. It was, it was just so much fun. And I'd sit down on the computer and try and like, you know, do a walk cycle on 3d and I would just pull my hair oh out. My I, just, God. I, yeah. just... I remember when I was learning 3d, it was like at the end of the day, my head, like just, it was so exhausting. I felt like my, yeah. my brain was growing. And it was just, yeah. like, you'd just be like, oh, there's too much information in there. <laughs> yeah, because there's this other part of it, at least back then, uh, with like Soft Image and uh, Maya and Lightwave and all those ones, like you weren't just like 
animating you're like going on the back end and like changing splines and all this other stuff and like <laughs> it's just like a very like heavy technical thing that like getting things to I loop just, oh my god yeah to loop oh my god and, and i just wasn't and i just wasn't that like adapt to it i just, I just couldn't really like get into it i'm like so anyway yeah. i did finish school there but around the time i was wrapping things up i met alex and skinner and like way shack all within like a, a few month period and they were I met, I met them all kind of different separately, but I went to an, a comic book show in San Francisco called Ape. It was the oh, Alternative yeah. Press Expo. Yeah, I've heard of that. I remember. You that. did a couple of those, didn't you? I don't think. Were you, did you ever go to those? I don't think I, I don't know. did, but I I remember hearing about them. I remember seeing the promotions. Yeah, it was so. It was it was Ape. It, it wasn't like the superhero stuff. It they was all. They don't do it anymore. No, it, it they it. it die they try to bring him back and they just kind of die but what it was at the time it was mostly just like lots of local independent artists like making zines and just like their own kind of like weird like weird books weird art mm -hmm. and all this stuff and like when i saw that i'm like oh like this is really neat like i've always just like i've always kind of drawn weird like even going back to like when i was a kid i was always i would always draw like monsters and like sharks eating people and just like we i, I always just love like the like the darker stuff i never my parents didn't quite get it but they were always very supportive but like going to like this ape show it's like oh it's all this weird art like yeah. it wasn't my superhero people. mainstream <laughs> clean you know like right. yeah totally i just felt like i just like i'm like oh this is so cool and that's like i saw alex making all like you know i listened to his interview with you last or you know last month and he was taught he was already making like all of these crazy zines and books i'm like whoa like this is like cool like you're making your own work and people are like buying this stuff and like right. going to school like i never <laughs> thought I, i'm like oh you have to get a job at like disney or you have like at least the animations like oh everyone everyone at my school would have wanted to get like that kind of like job at a studio in like hollywood doing kind of like a movie or a game or something that's, like that yeah that and that was my attitude too it was like that's why I, I mean i fell in love with makeup effects got in the film industry and never it never occurred to me to be a fine artist because i watched my dad be an artist supporting us and how hard that life was and i was just like yeah. and he was doing stuff way more mainstream than me like western art and all, he did a lot of fantasy but he did all kinds of different stuff illustration and i remember thinking you know there's no way anyone's gonna buy what i want to paint so i was yeah, like very yeah. like okay film industry and then he, then when i started screaming lobster it was like okay i gotta get out of the makeup effects industry it's driving me nuts and i was really into digital and i'm like okay i'll start a digital company like it still didn't occur to me like be a fine artist because it just didn't right. seem like there was any way to do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's and exactly. And that's when I saw Alex and Wayshack. They already had tables at these conventions. And, like, they had, like, these this these merch, this merch stuff. And it wasn't a lot. It's like a zine that you make over at Kinko's when they had a Kinko's back then. You just go there, photocopy some books, maybe some make some prints there also. Maybe you silkscreen that shirt. And that's another thing I like, too. It's all, like, this, like, kind of, like, do-it-yourself stuff. Yeah. Like nothing looked clean, nothing looked like professional. It's just like you can just tell like these guys were up late at night just like making stuff. I'm like, yeah. yeah. And I just I just loved that. And then Alex is just like, hey, I'm doing a Fangoria show in like a month. Make a book and come down with us. I'm just like, yeah. So like <laughs> me and like it was him and Rob Bowen. And it was like my very first show. And I just made like this little zine, this eight and a half by eleven. I folded it in half. It was like 30 pages, just like 
sketches and drawings and just like whatever like the like zines are just like anything like, like yeah. write poems you can write stories whatever and i brought it down there we had we, like there was three of us me robert bowen and alex at like this little four foot table it was so tiny and we each put our little thing out and we just sat there all weekend and i think i'm under sold like i don't know like four or five books uh, and i'm just like this is amazing like <laughs> like for like a dollar i probably made like i probably made like five or six bucks the entire weekend and i was so amped on it i was more excited about that kind of thing than like making demo reels and sending them out to other and places. that's where you so should like, go that's where you should go you should go to the go towards the thing that like excites you to the point where you're where you're just like i gotta do this you know that's yeah, where you should yeah. go and like even if there's no opportunities you still have to go there <laughs> yeah because like i just felt so driven by it and yeah. alex is just like hey you can do this with us it's fun you don't make any money but like it's super fun i'm like all right i'm in how, how so, are you uh, surviving at the time like at the time i had a, I had for a long time i had a job i had a job at a sign shop where i was doing like graphic That's right. design i remember that yeah yeah i was doing graphic design at a sign shop and we, we were like a like a full sign shop so we'd like have like routers and all stuff like that but i learned how to like build stuff so like all of our displays at these shows were always like the biggest because i would like make like these structures and That's have like right. these full color that. banners yeah, and stuff yeah always had like it was just me making all that stuff at my sign shop when when uh um after hours and stuff so alex and i it, it was like these few years were like we would just do as many shows as possible because like it was just like this excuse for us to like make all this work kind of like we said earlier with with like a group show or um, a solo show is like you spend all this time making this work and you just bring it to a convention and you just like kind of like let it like just show it off like yeah. this is what i got this is what I got. and like that like fueled me for so long but like i mean honestly didn't make money for like a long time i'd say for like the first like six seven years i didn't make anything mm -hmm. I barely even broke even a lot of the time you know yeah. and i was always working at the sign shop always hated my job but i really just loved meeting other artists who are similar like-minded kind of like that do-it-yourself attitude making weirder art that wasn't like like i don't want to use the word mainstream yeah. but it wasn't clean and it wasn't like pop culture -y. it was just like it was just like weird monsters and just dark stuff and you know and then from there you know we, we like like group show thing it's like we can kind of like carve your own way it's like if way shack heard of a group show he'd be like hey guys let's all do this group show like we were always kind of like helping each other with like getting shows and getting yeah. things so like it was a really cool time for me and i think all of us you know i don't want to speak for them but like for me it's like i felt like i was trying to like not only like work hard for myself but i'm like oh like Skinner's gonna put me in a group show. I want to like make him proud. I want right. to like draw some cool stuff and like I want to show like a I have like a brand new painting that looks that looks really cool that I'll like and he'll like and it's cause it's gonna hang next to these guys' stuff, you know. Yeah. So it needs to be like better every time. So like I felt like I was really trying hard to like just get better and better at all this stuff, you know. Seven um, or seven or eight years, people. Listen, dude. Yeah, this is it's like yeah. you you tell that to to like a newer artist nowadays. Like you have to think in terms of like. 10 years i remember gary told yeah. me that when i first started painting he's like give it 10 years and, and you'll start selling decent prices and i was like damn okay and i was already like you know in my early 30s by then when i started and you know people people want it now in like one year they're thinking <laughs> two years yeah they're gonna make it yeah big. it's like maybe maybe there's a slight chance you could hit big like that but plan on you know the rest of your life if you really want to do it that's why you should only do it if you really want to do it because it takes a long time 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, it, it takes a long time. You got to be patient. You have to do it also because you're passionate about it. Yeah. Like I was really enjoying everything we're doing. I had a, a side job or I mean, it was not my side job. It was my main job. I just didn't like, but I, it, I just thought of it like, well, it helps fund what I want to do. Yeah. And I could use the resources there to like make all these displays and we can make banners and like, that's fine. I'll just use it for that. You know, so I, it was I, just I, a just... lot of like, I just started to interrupt, but that's uh, that, that's about as long as I stayed in effects. Once I started doing the fine art thing, it took me about seven years before I was able to leave. Yeah, like I was able, yeah. And it, even then, it was because I got laid off, and I wasn't totally ready. But I was like, okay, I gotta just you know, I could either try and get another job in effects, or I could just make this work somehow. I didn't have a savings yeah. or anything, so so yeah, so it took me about the same amount of time to really to where I could leave the day job. Yeah, I, I I quit my sign shop job, but it's because I got an advertising job. Um, I don't even remember that I, I did an advertising campaign. I want to say in like two thousand seven. That's about right. Yeah, so I, I started the sign shop in two thousand ish, and then that's when I did all those conventions. And then two thousand seven is when I started the did the advertising thing. Careful with uh, something seems to be hitting the desk. Oh, am I smacking it? Sorry, I, yeah. I, I speak with my hands. <laughs> it I, just I, keeps, I don't want to annoy people because it's going like, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> All right, cool. Off. <laughs> um, yeah, so I did this advertising campaign. It was for Scion, and it was called like the Little Deviants. I don't know if you remember that. We did like commercials. Yeah. We did, yeah, it was it was actually a pretty big campaign at the time. Um, one of the bigger ones for that car. How did you get that? that? Dude, it was so random, like, I was like Haiti, like, you know, go back to the seven year thing. After a while, it does start to like weigh on you. Like, man, I've been doing this for seven years. And then I, I just, I still like, I'm barely like, at this point, I'm kind of like breaking even at conventions. So it mm -hmm. felt a little bit better, but I'm not like making enough money where I can quit my job. And I'm like, man, like, this is just like getting rough, It's torture, you know? like, right? Because the longer dude, you go and you you see a little incremental success and you're just like, I have to, I can't, I want to get out of this job so bad. I see that it's slightly going up and I know I can do uh, it. Dude. It just like, it's torture, man. And the worst is like, yeah, the, I would do a convention like Comic-Con and I would have a really good convention. I'd be like, oh, this just feels so good. I made some money, you know, like this is amazing. And then like I would come back to work next week and I'm and, like, no one helped me out at work. The place is a mess. My boss is like yelling at me. I'm like, dude, this is just crushing, you know, like this is awful. Like it was, all that, that high I once had like was just deflated by yeah. the moment I walk in the door at work. I'm just like, dude, this is awful. So the Scion job I got, um, I got like this random email one day and the email said like, Hey, are you interested in commercial work? Um, let us know. And I, I don't remember, like, it was just like a really vague short email. And I reply, I'm like, yeah, sounds great. Cause like at that point I was just like, yeah, anything sounds great at this point, <laughs> you know? So like, I'm like, yeah, that sounds amazing. They're like, cool. Uh, if, uh, if you want to come into our work, we want want you to draw some characters for us, and we're we're going to see if you can. Who do that? How did they contact you? I have no idea. I don't know how they like. I had a website at the time, so they, the email came in through my web address. So like they came in like you know I had an email address and I had my website email. So the email came in through the website email. So I think they saw my oh. site, and they just like emailed me. Wow. And they're like, hey, we're we're in San Francisco. We're an advertising agency. I didn't know what it was for or I never heard of the agency, it was called Attic, A-T-T-I-K. And they're like, if you wanna come in, um, we we want you to draw some characters for us to review. And that was it. So I'm like, okay. So like, wow. I went into San Francisco, <laughs> I went to this advertising company and like, it was huge. And they had me sign all this NDA stuff. I'd yeah. never like done that before. Yeah. And they're like, hey, 
I met, I met with like these art directors, like, Hey, we have this idea for a car commercial, but we have like these monsters we want you to draw. We can't show you anything really yet. But like if we, so they gave me like these like napkin sketches, like they're like these little stick figures. Like, can you, if you can draw these in your style, we'll get back to you. So I took them home and like, you know, you can go online and look at it. It's, it's Scion XD little deviants, uh-huh. like these nine monsters. And I drew three of my thing and I sent them in and dude, for like two months, I didn't hear back. Like, I just thought it was another thing that just like, yeah. you know, cause you can go to, when you go to comic con and you go to these places, like you're like, Oh, people are like, Oh, we should work together. Yeah, we should do yeah, this, do that. Yeah. And it's like, nothing ever comes of it. Like, yeah. mo- I mean, sometimes things do, but, but uh, most, most of the time it doesn't. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I'm just like, and so nothing ever came of it or not the, the I did the drawings and I didn't hear anything back. And I think like two or three months passed. And then one day, this lady called me she's like hey you got the scion job i didn't even know it was for scion i'm like i'm like oh okay like what is this but like, yeah like art directors love your work uh we need a time to like review it and show it to the client blah blah when can you come in i'm like i can come in like right now like today you know and so i go in there and they show me the scope of like the, the project and like it was massive they, they did like a website billboards bus wraps car wraps in san francisco they had like um you know uh i think it was like two commercials i, I forget all of what it was but it was like long and big and it was like they're like we think this is about six months of just work like nonstop drawing and i'm just like awesome and like it was like one of the first times outside of like Alex and Wayshack and those guys who were, they showed me so much support, you know, like at my day job at the sign shop, like I would go there and like my boss was like this young guy who was just like, kind of like a rat kind of guy and just like, <laughs> what's up bro? Like he's like kind of like punch your army. Well, like just, he just like this didn't care about like the work. He just wanted to get all this stuff through. I didn't, we didn't really click, you know? And, yeah. But like the good thing about like the scion thing is like, these these art directors and the art buyers there were like so nice and so supportive and like put all this value on what i was doing for them and like i i it it made me like it made i felt it like really instantly mm-hmm. and i just wanted to work super hard for them and we did this campaign and it was great and they paid me like really really well i was able to quit my my sign shop job and from there like i just gained like this momentum where like i'm like i'm not gonna work again i'm right. just doing this i'm just gonna like i feel like i can just go do this whether i work in advertising or i can just i'm just gonna go all in with like conventions or fine art or whatever i'm just it was gonna your lucky break on this it was it really was and it was a the good thing about it like i wasn't just drawing like car stuff they're like they're like draw monsters like draw your monsters yeah. you know i'm like well, yeah yeah it's so amazing all. and like it was like so much like like so much like i don't know it's such a self-esteem boost when I needed like the absolute most like right. seven years into like not making anything. This company comes along with like this money and this influence and all stuff. And they're like, dude, you can do it. Like they were so <laughs> supportive. And like, they taught me how to like write contracts. Cause every time I drew something, I had to write a whole new contract for them. So I got really good at like negotiating my prices and like all this stuff. And they've like pulled me aside and like, Hey, you can probably charge a little more. Like you should oh, be a little wow, more aggressive. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. They're really, really cool. And so like, it just got me like in this mind space of like, I know my value, I know my worth, I know I could do all this stuff. And from there, like, I just felt like, it just felt great, you yeah. know? And I feel like that's a, that's a rare thing sometimes, especially with big companies Definitely. like that. Like, I just felt like I kind of like, you know, could do anything at that point. And then shortly after that, Alex and I kind of like started Zero Friends. And that was like over a decade of work that we, you know, eventually just kind of stopped doing. And it's just been like, that was kind of it. And along the way i was like oh i'm gonna try, I'm gonna try oil painting i'm gonna try sculpture i just wanted right. to try all these things like 
that I just wanted, I had always had an interest in. Wow. So, yeah. so uh, yeah, how did the Zero Friends thing from, let's hear your, your side of the story from Zero Friends. <laughs> how, I, how, how did it start? Yeah, because I mean, All Alex right. was basically, I guess you, you heard the podcast. He was just kind yeah, of saying, yeah. just you guys just kind of started as friends doing this thing as a collective yeah. kind of. Yeah. It, it, it more or less so alex started it when i was still doing the scion stuff and if i remember correctly like it was it was a, it was a reason for him to kind of like bring people together to kind of like help facilitate all these things that he wanted to do like mm -hmm. he was working with the youth at the time and they were making t-shirts he was having art shows and he just kind of like needed help and he's just like oh, oh, i know okay. all these other artists in the bay area let's get them on and we can kind of like have show together and like we can get a store and like you know then you know it just kind of like brought a lot of like our bay area art friends together and it was you know i was actually i was actually part of the company like we had like a few owners and i was part of it but like we it was a way for us to basically just like have excuses to kind of do our own thing like we were trying to eliminate the need for like employment with other right. studios it's just like oh well yeah. we'll, we'll do we'll have a store we'll have a pop-up store here like we would there's that point where we were like trying to find short leases in like different cities and like we would open a store there for a little while like in new york yeah, it was in a LA. big it was a big thing i mean we it was... did it we had a store we had a permanent store in san francisco um and it was great like it's just like our idea was like well let's just make cool weird stuff put it on apparel and prints and we, now we have our own place to sell it yeah you know so cool and we even had a gallery space in Oakland for a while. That was also our warehouse space. So we'd have shows there and there was a big, that was in Oakland. That was a big, um, it was a first Friday art walk there. So like every month we would just like, we would pay our rent in like one month of just like, or in one night on the art walk. Right. It, just, it was just like, it was awesome, you know? Crazy. And then we all like kind of like went our separate ways for like no real bad reasons. Just like, after a while, that's like, after all, it becomes like too much business. And yeah. it's just like, I felt like a lot of the time I wasn't like, working on art i was just trying to like keep we we're just all trying to keep things together because yeah. like there were so many moving parts and you know alex moved away to florida and like i wanted to do more like sculpture stuff and there was they we couldn't really figure out how to like make, do pull that in because it was right. like oh the only little one-off type things like yeah. wasn't like a mass producing like a t-shirt or yeah. like a print or something like that so there was just like difficulties here and there but like we're like ah this probably isn't the best use of our time anymore but alex and i still like you know we still do conventions together and he's still like yeah. the closest friend so yeah. it was not it, i always hear uh bands bands i think alex said the same thing bands always like when you hear them say like oh we just uh broke up for creative differences like that's kind of what it was like we right. just had different ideas and we're like ah, oh, it's just kind of like do our own thing you know yeah yeah but, well that's cool that's good that's good i'm glad it yeah. didn't, didn't end badly because it was a no, big yeah i remember it, it was a uh it was i remember hearing about it all the time yeah so, i think you, know. you even did like a painting demo at one of the ones in la for us didn't you did do like I, a painting demo maybe <laughs> i feel I, we always try to have it's we always definitely try to have, possible i think i think at one of the zero friends in la the only i mean the only one we had i feel like you came in and did like a painting demo where was it maybe i forget i don't i don't know la that well um i bet you i did it was I used to do yeah. so many of those things. I just don't even remember. They all blur together. Yeah, yeah. And the whole thing, we, the whole reason we came to your house that one time is we were like, we were closing up a Zero Friends in New York. Because we only, we only would get, what we would do was we find these places that would have a, a three-month short lease 
or they were going on a business or whatever, and we take the lease over, and we like, we, we would know it would be a finite thing. And we go, okay, we'll rent this place for six months. So we would like have a show, have our store there, have like little events, do signings, and then we would like gather all up and then drive it home. So we went to New York to go pick up all the New York stuff, and we drove back and did like a little. We called it sketch for sketch, this little tour we did where we'd stop at like locations and we would trade sketch. I, Alex right. and I would sit down and draw and we would trade sketches with other people. And Stephen Reedy other was with you. Yeah. Right. Stephen yeah. Reedy, yeah. He, he filmed the entire thing like yeah. from start to the finish. And <laughs> one of the things that we filmed was coming to your house and you showed us how to sculpt. Oh, like, okay. I think, right. we, like, I think we, I remember being in your backyard and uh, we sculpted something in your backyard and Steven filmed the whole thing. And then we'd like squish them or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was cool. I mean, that was, it was just a fun, it was a fun, weird time. One of those things I, I, w- I would love to do it again, but also like, you know, we drove cross country in like three weeks. Yeah. Of, yeah. Like, that's, it's like, I couldn't do that right now. It's a young man's game. I just saw Dude, totally. uh, Steven the other day for the first time in years. At, oh, cool. I the, like him a lot. Yeah, he's, he's, he's really cool. Guy. He's awesome. Such a, yeah. such a positive dude. Um, Lots of energy, very positive, very yep. creative, you know. Yeah, he's yeah. he's fun. Um at, I saw him at the Philosophical Research Society, which I guess he does. I think I mentioned this on the Alex podcast. Oh, he I think he teaches like a class there. Yeah, or like esotera- right? esotericism, some symbology right. and about that. Yeah, so hopefully we're gonna do maybe do something together there at some point. That'd be awesome. Yeah, because I'm into all that stuff too. Um did you guys have a business manager or something? Like how who had it? Who paid for all this? All the zero friends was it like self? It's because nor, normally something like that, you think it seemed to me like it was so big that like they must have some investor or someone paying for everything or to get it the ball rolling or something. Yeah. So there was there was technically four of us who who owned the company. It was me and Alex and then two other guys who you probably met. Uh, and one guy gave us some money to start with, and it got us kind of like going and then we just, everything we just kind of paid for ourselves. Like we were never like in debt. We were never like had any like bad credit. We were just like, we would like do something like a convention, like Comic-Con make a, make money. And then like, I would fund our next thing and I would fund our next thing and I would fund our next thing. And like, you know, eventually we just kind of had, it was very like self-sufficient for, wow. a while, you know, that's so cool. That's yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really cool. Um, and you didn't have a business manager. That's kind of what I'm getting at. One person. That no, kind of- that's like crazy. We, we had, I mean, we, we had a guy who was more of the business guy. I mean, cause Alex and I definitely like weren't, you know, but like we had a guy who was more of like the business guy that was, that was like kind of his job. Um, but yeah, I mean that, that, you know, that's, yeah. It's a, yeah, that's a lot of, I mean, I have to deal with that stuff for my own business and it's just so not fun, terrible and I'm not good at it. And dude, I it's the worst part it. of what I do too. Like I, I hate it too. Cause like, I also run prints on the side for other artists and stuff. Oh, and really? I have, yeah, I, I technically have like another like little side business and I'm just doing like all the, all the taxes and all the stuff for that alone is just like, it could be so time consuming oh, and man. I hate it, yeah. but I like it. Cause like at zero friends, I was doing all the printing there or I was definitely in charge of it. And, um, once zero friends kind of ended, I'm like, well, I'm just going to, buy all this printing equipment and i'm just going to kind of like keep that going oh wow. so i did yeah so i did and i i was able to like i, st- I still have printing clients and 
I do prints for some some big artists. You have that stuff, at, so. at your your, your uh, studio? All that stuff is at your yeah. artist studio. Okay. Yeah. Well, what printers yeah. are you using? I'm using like those big Epson ones. Which which like ones? The, the, the P seven thousand, the P nine thousand, like those those yeah. those big ones. Yeah, I got yeah. I, I got the five thousand. P five thousand. It's like seventeen by twenty two. That's as big as I do okay. on my own. Like, yeah, you, you, yeah. You can do big giant prints. I mean. mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm doing some big print jobs right now, and I like it. it. It allows me to like, you know, it definitely helps fund things. And I love, I actually really enjoy doing it. Like I, like I know me too, right? Of it. It's like, what, what, I get so nerdy, like matching colors. Same here. I, I just want to do, I love it. And I love having control over it's like so how satisfying when, when they come it out really and is. you have this perfect print. It, it really feels yeah. like I love it. It's like the only re thing I, I, reason I don't enjoy it as much as I could is that I'm trying to do all this other stuff and my creative work and, and, and it's like, it's hard to juggle, but printing it on its own. It's like, I enjoy the process. I enjoy the process of like fixed going in Photoshop and cleaning the dust off the photos and all that, getting everything ready and straightened out and doing the color proofing. And I mean, I, I just Dude, love it. I love it. Same. It's like for, for me, and for you, like people who like oil paint with like detail and lots of colors, like it's really the best way to have a, a representation of your work. Like I, mm -hmm. I don't even really like to do t-shirts anymore because like lots of my colors have like blends and so many stuff, so many colors. It's like, I can never get it the way it looks on the painting yeah. and, and, and books. Yeah. Full color books you can, but like a nice large print with like on good paper with some, with some tooth to it, like yeah. you can just make it look so good. And I think as an artist, like that's the way I want it to look when I'm done. That's if someone buys something to mine, I want them to buy a print because that's the best representation yeah. of what I have, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's nice to have the control over it. Like you can, when you're doing it yourself, you're not like yeah. going, getting approved and checking it out. It's like you are, are, are matching it yourself. And you know, even if you don't have the original, you know how it should look because you painted it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, uh, I, I just on a, on a nerdy printer note that no one will probably relate to. Do you, uh, uh, I never really got my monitors calibrated properly. I do it from a Mac and I basically eyeball them. I eyeball them. Same. Yeah, it's like <laughs> same. I, I I went to I spent a, so, so the, much time trying to figure out color profiles and and uh, and ca calibration. I never could get it. I could just never do yeah. it. It never worked right. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm just gonna eyeball it, and then I just eyeball everything. Dude, same. I I went to um our my paper distributor. They had like a color calibration class, like years, like maybe over a decade ago. And I went to it. I'm like, ah, it's, it's like I'm trying to get down to a science. And then like, but I, I, I'm really good at matching color, and I'm, I don't want to like brag or anything. That I, I can, I can do it. I can see it. I can isolate certain colors and like change it. I know, I know mm -hmm. Photoshop well enough. Yeah, Photoshop well enough to like go in and just isolate certain values yeah. or certain shades of green and i only can change that and color is like this subjective thing anyway right. so it's just gotta like it's gotta like look good on the monitor it's gotta look good in real life like i'll tweak it and i'll tweak it i'll i'll bring prints like into like daylight into like artificial yeah. light to kind of see how it changes and mm -hmm. i want it to like look a certain way in both and i will mm -hmm. i like i scrutinize like crazy and the people who i print for the artists who i print for know that and understand that and i think that's why i was able i'm able to keep like some really good print clients for like a long, long time is because I'm very, very just like obsessive about like how a print has to look, you know? That's so um, cool. 
yeah, I'm just really, really into it. I've had, I've had a, 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 a artist friend of mine who uses me, they went to like another print company that's pretty big in LA and got prints done to them. And they're like, never again. Like they said, okay, they came back to me. They're like, I'm like, I'm, they, they didn't do right. You know, like right. they didn't, they just basically hit print on my, on my, on my file, but you can't do that because like the printer itself makes adjustments. Like sometimes it adds too much ink and it makes things look dark or oversaturated or, yeah. you know, all these things. And I know my printers well, my, my printers well enough where I can, compensate for that i can yeah, pull yeah, back yeah. certain values i can change i can go a little cooler on something things because i know it, my printer's going to do that and i know that their artwork doesn't need that you know right, yeah. so I, I always eyeball it. i always have you know i there's a place anything over 17 by 22 because the majority of the prints i'm selling are the 17 by 22 i do pay i got it on a roll but it's like i do them at as big as they can be and it's usually around 17 yeah. by 22 paper prints and then i do um, canvas clays 11 by 14 canvas clays and because uh, it prints on canvas rolls and i can i can just get a canvas clay 11 by 14 off my uh, p5000 and um and i do it all myself and uh they look amazing anything larger than 17 by 22 because i sell some 16 by 20 and 24 by 30 prints i go to yeah. a place called artworks in la which is like the I've big, never heard of them it's fineartpublishing.com they're kind of the biggest oldest printer of they they i think they got big doing robert williams prints oh okay and uh they do really amazing work like if you take <clears throat> you can take a, a a painting to them and then they'll photograph it and then they'll match it perfectly with the painting there they'll match them yeah. perfectly it's really it's pretty cool but um most of the stuff i'm doing myself though yeah but anytime, yeah, I just got an order for a 16 by 20. I just email them and I they print one up for me. It's like, and they know. just do one at a time and they just give it to you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's good because some places will want to have like 20 or 30. Yeah, I know like they want to do like a run of stuff. Yeah, so like, yeah. the fact that they'll do just a couple for you is great because it's kind of sometimes it's a pain. Yeah, it's just to run one. You know, yeah, you yeah, like run a few and like kind of like let it run for a little while. <laughs> yeah, no, they're great. Uh, they're they're great. So highly recommended. Um, yeah. Okay. So the, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's funny. Um, that's cool that you do that printing. I could totally see yeah. that. I thought about doing that at, at some point, like back when I was printing a lot, thinking, yeah, I could do, I could probably do this as a business, but I don't know. No, I need <laughs> help though. It's like, it's, it's at the point where like, I, I have a part-time employee that I, that I bring in. He helps me like cut and like mm. pack and like ship and all that kind of stuff. Cause like, I need it. And if I were to get like any bigger, I'd probably have to hire him full time, you know? Um, but I don't really kind of want to, I don't really advertise. I even do this. I just have like my five or six like clients plus myself. And that's, that's pretty much all I need, you yeah. know, like anything else, it's just going to like, it's just going to push it over the, the right. edge. And, and then I don't you, yeah. want to, I don't want to be just a printer, you know, you, I yeah, want to like you, still you, focus on my own stuff. If you get past a certain point, it's going to, it'll, you have to get like a lot bigger. You, be, yeah. you know what I mean? Because once yeah. you get to a certain point and you hire one person, it's like, okay, I have to expand even bigger so that I can actually make more money. Otherwise you're going to be there all the time doing it. Yeah. And I'll have seven. to get like a real, I'll have to get like a real office, not yeah. just like a $400 one that I lucked into, <laughs> exactly. you know? So it's like, I think it's like really expensive and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I do that. I mean, right, right now everything's just kind of like, 
perfect. So I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna like, I'm hoping yeah, yeah. this is, I'm hoping this is the sin, the, the, the size the balloon stays for a while, you know? Okay, last print nerd question. What what yeah. uh, papers and canvases do you use to print? If it's if it's okay to say, I don't know if it's uh, or not. No, I I like velvet fine art paper. Mm. I like cold press paper. Um, I don't really print on canvas. I have before but it's not like my go-to. Oh, I, okay. I mostly just print on, on papers. Paper. Yeah. Um, cause like the, so I, I don't paint on canvas. I paint on wood and I, I don't like how canvas looks really. Like mm. I paint really thin and it's a personal preference, you yeah, know, um, yeah, and all, sure. all the artists I paint with, or all, all the artists I work with, they just prefer the paper also. Um, I like that. Cause the, I, what I like about the canvases is you varnish them and then they get really rich blacks like yeah. darker than you can get with the matte papers it really gets yeah. like that saturated color. what do you varnish with what do you, are you do uh, like, a, like a i use uh, uh no i'm using um for my for my prints my canvas prints i use this stuff i, I gotta use this company called breathing color out of texas mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um i get i use they have a uh uh what's the paper called uh, they have basically their version of Epson um, Velvet Fine Art, and they sell it on rolls. Mm -hmm. So it's like mm -hmm. I like working on rolls better. It's so much easier because man, putting those single, uh, so, I, so the, <laughs> single the, single. The, the, the sheet stuff though, I, I found the sheet stuff has a slightly different coating than the roll paper stuff. Oh wow! And the sheet stuff actually has deeper richer blacks oh, than that's the interesting. stuff yeah so wow. i'll use the sheet stuff when i'm when possible just because like it's I, so right. hard to get those things in though sometimes you have to go i don't know on mine it's like over and over i'm trying to line the thing up and it spits it back out it's like oh yeah yours has that so mine i just mine i just like put it in and it goes oh you you've got it like I, in that tray you put it in a tray and it no goes it's through. not even a tray like it's just like the thing is so huge i just like drop it in and like the weight of the paper just like lays it flat and i just like walk away i mean oh, wow. i just put it in and let it go yeah That's i know nice. but yours has to I, does yours have to like feed in and feed out or something like that yeah 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 it's got like it's got a tray you know, like a paper tray that you can feed paper from the bottom that i have That's never right. okay. i haven't figured it alex out alex had that yeah but then you can also feed it through the top which is kind of normal and then it also has a roll option and the roll yeah. option is just like it's always i just flip out the rolls because i print on uh, the breathing color matte canvas and the breathing color uh their their matte velvet art fine art paper because i used to use epson velvet fine art paper until i switched to the breathing color stuff and then yeah. um Epson. But there's velvet fine art paper on a roll and on a sheet, and the, and the velvet fine art paper on the roll has a different coating than the sheet stuff, and it, you get better darks on the sheet than the than the roll for wow. sure. Wow, yeah, I haven't, I, yeah. I haven't, uh, I just I tr did a trial roll at Breathing Color, and I was using the sheets, and I couldn't really see a difference, so I just yeah went with that because it's huh. on a roll. But I mean, yeah. you know, I'm I'm sure my eye isn't as attuned to you because you're you're you know you're you're like a doing a lot of prints I'm just i'm just picky <laughs> and we we're both we're both picky yeah if, yeah it just depends on how, how but, uh, you want it to look also but then i do uh epson matte paper for my cheap 20 dollar eight by ten prints mm -hmm. uh open editions so i like to do okay. small just so that there's a, a range of pricing um yeah but uh, Dude, paper prices jumped up so much over COVID. Uh, Did you know. notice that? Yeah, there, there was a period where I couldn't get any paper. 
because yeah. they're like, it's going to be two months. And I had all yeah. these orders and it was like, we yeah. can't do it. We don't manufacture the paper. So. Oh my God. That was such a nightmare. I, that happened to everyone. And I found, I was, I was, I had to get paper on the East coast because of that. And it would take like, yeah, it would take like weeks to get here. Um, prices kept every like three months prices, which go up another 10%. Yeah. It was insane. It was, it was yeah. Uh, now but, it's pretty easy to get though. But, uh, the varnish, I use their varnish, which is called timeless varnish. It's just acrylic varnish. And I've also used, um, is it a spray or a, a brush? I, I brush it on cause it kind of gives a yeah. texture, which is cool. I like brush one way this way and one way this way with just like a soft brush or a roller. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you can spray. I know Gabe sprays his stuff and I know, uh, artwork sprays their stuff too, but, um, I've used like uh, uh, Li uh, Liquitex gloss oh, yeah. varnish. It's the same kind of yeah. stuff, basically. Yeah, uh, but it works works amazing. I actually got a sample of un uh, a new some canvas they sell at Breathing Color that doesn't require varnish and it doesn't crack. Hmm. So I'm gonna try that out soon. See how that goes. I should try that. It's 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 been a long time since I like got like a sample pack or something new I've, i'm so like tuned into like the, the yeah you've the got stuff your system used, you know I, the thing yeah I, the thing i love about the canvas g clays is that i do these gallery wraps you know and they're a pain in the ass you got to put the frame together and staple them and then you wire mm -hmm. them but the you know the person that buys them just takes the thing out and can hang it up there's no framing yeah. you know so that's like and i and when i do conventions uh, those are what I sell most of. Are those eleven by fourteen canvasy clays? They just go flying off the off the wall. I remember you had a really cool convention set up. Where was it? Was that probably Monster Palooza or Daria or Designer Con? Designer Con, yeah, uh, yeah. You had like almost like a gallery kind of like look. Yeah, those walls up, and I just had all yeah, those, yeah. Well, all those pieces. Those are the those are the canvas ones you're talking yeah. about that you had. Yeah. yeah. That, that looks, looks super really good. That's the other thing about the campus. And then we'll get off the printing because I don't want to bore people. <laughs> Only me yeah. and you are probably finding this interesting. But <laughs> the thing with the canvas is I can get, because I like my paintings. I uh, I put a, a um, Gamvar on them. And they so mm -hmm. it's like very saturated. It's kind of got a slight gloss. I can get my canvas clays looking like almost exactly like the paintings. Like if you didn't really know and you're putting them side by side, it would be kind of hard to tell on some of them um so i feel like you know i can really get it to look as close as closer than i can with the with the the paper to me yeah for me and it's mostly because i use a lot of blacks and dark colors but i noticed that brighter colors uh look better on the matte paper i think yeah maybe that's why i use them i use lots of bright colors maybe yeah that's yeah the reason yeah. Why yeah i use way yeah, too yeah. Much black and stuff in mine <laughs> <laughs> I, I always i remember like when i started getting into painting i watched this painter i forget who the who might have been daniel green he's an oil painter he just like forbid you to put black on your palette yeah. you know he's just like never use black you're never gonna fly in black in in nature you're never gonna fly in and he says oh, maybe maybe in like the pupil of the eye you'll get like a black so right. like i never I never paint with black and I'm, I don't know, I don't know if you do either. Maybe just a bunch of colors get you to a black, but like I, I've never, I never ever use black on my, on my palette. Do I've you always, have a black? I've always used black. Always. Really? I always, yeah. And it's, um, yeah, there's like that. It's one of those things. It's like, there's the two schools. There's the never use black 
or mix your own if you need it. And then there's the uh, people that use black, like Sargent used yeah. black. You know? Yeah, and yeah. Like, I, I always try and mix in mix my black. I always try and like get there with like you know a lizard and crimson or and a phthalo turquoise and maybe yeah. like a I don't know some something like a you know prussian blue or something like that i'll give me pretty black but it's also there's also color in there you know yeah yeah i'll i'll use i mean i use black to mix in my colors you know to gray them down sometimes if i need to like cool it too and yeah uh but i also usually if i have like a solid black background which i do once in a while i will um usually use ivory ivory black is what i usually use and then i will mix in I don't know, a lizard and crimson or phthalo blue or Prussian blue or something. Something with it seems to, yeah. to do a good job. Or I've even done like just paint, like I was being, being lazy and I would paint ivory black. And then once that dried, I would glaze over it with uh, a blue or, or a transparent phthalo color yeah. or something, you know? Yeah. Cause all those blacks are like, you know, they're, they lean cool or they lean warm. I remember watching this painter who, who was using like a Rembrandt palette and he had a black and he's also using, he was mixing black and maybe like a some kind of like cadmium orange or cadmium something. And like, it made like this really cool skin tone. Mm -hmm. It was just like this black and this orange and like, it didn't look black, but it just, it right. made the, it changed the orange into like a really like, and point to part of a skin tone. It's like, Oh, that thought that was like really cool. Also, it's like, Oh, you don't have to use just black. You can just, you can use it to assist you to like, yeah. you know, yeah. Cool down or warm up dark in other colors, you know? Yeah. Cause it's like, I mean, I've always, taking the approach that whatever whatever gets you where you need to go uh yeah you know yeah. however looks good is fine to whatever you use yeah there's no like right or wrong way it's like i just the, the way when i when i was learning i'm yeah, like okay yeah. that's what i do and i was like and then you know yeah it's, it's kind of stuck with me you know no that's cool and uh you know and your stuff is you can tell your stuff you don't use a lot of black too it just yeah. ch it changes the the look of your work you know it's like it's it's just part of <clears throat> your voice as a painter you know it, yeah it, I, it, I don't know yeah i always wanted to like make like weird monsters but like not make them like super morbid like to draw like the morbid stuff but like using like the colors to kind of like yeah. uh, brighten the mood or brighten the atmosphere yeah yeah like it's that. like you got you have like you kind of do what in a way you do what uh Gabe Leonard does with Western art, you do it with monster art. Like he does a, some of his Western, I don't know if you're familiar with his work, but. Oh yeah. I love his stuff. Yeah. yeah. He's amazing. And he does like, uh, like weird distorted Western scenes. And like a lot of times he'll use these psychedelic bright colors. Like yeah. And, and it looks, and it's a, tr it's very trippy, but it's yeah. like Western. And you're kind of doing that with monsters, <laughs> you know, yeah. monsters and bright he's, colors. He's totally built like his own world. Like, like his stuff is so recognizable as his, like yeah, those yeah. characters like live in like this world that he's created. There's yeah. no mistake. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. He's great. He's really, really amazing. Um, yeah. You've, and you know, I don't know when you started sculpting, but I just, I, you know, at some point I saw your work and it's like, Oh, you're doing all these little, sculptures and resin casts it's been a while now but when did you yeah, start sculpting probably five-ish years yeah. ago i started um sounds about right i just i don't remember i've always like wanted to kind of like do that but one of the things about zero friends that i wasn't super into is like we were in this kind of mode of like all right 
we have to have it. Like there was like this almost like this schedule of sorts where it's like we have a convention, we have to have a release once a week, and all these things. So like it's like okay, print release this week, shirt release this week, this this. So I just felt like I was on like this kind of like conveyor belt of like making stuff along with Alex, and we we're just doing these things, and it didn't allow me time to like experiment you know everything everything, like we had to have a print release on this day we had to have a shirt release on this day we're doing a convention this day we had to kind of like and we were like really like making money for one thing to pay for the next thing to the next thing so it's like everything kind of had to be i don't know not like perfect but i had to we had like i had to do what i knew the best that time and that was just like drawing and painting right and i've always wanted to do sculpture so i felt like with that weirdish schedule i just couldn't like experiment with stuff so that was one of the reasons why I, I left. But like, also once I did leave, I'm, I wanted just to like try sculpture and try paper mache and try like all these things that like I hadn't had the time for in a weird way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I met up with a buddy. Do you know who Steve Ferreira is? Do you know his stuff? No. You should look him up. He's really really cool. Like he's a he's a sculptor guy that lives in the Bay Area. And uh, I'm like, hey man, I want to like just sculpt some stuff so he like brought me over it's like all right here you know here's some here's some sculpey here's some clay and he'd make something and then come over next week and we'll pour a resin you know mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll make a mold and we'll do a resin so like, he just kind of like ushered me along and i would just i made like like a little magnet thing and i loved it i loved every like part of it i love the sculpting process right. i love the mold making this I must be you know this pouring. must be we must have some a, a, something similar about our personalities yeah i'm not following him i'm gonna follow him right now he's really cool he's we, a good dude like he lives in berkeley yeah we must have something similar in our nature that likes like did you ever like take things apart when you were a kid yeah. yes, i used to yeah. take everything apart yeah yeah i used to yeah. like want to know how things worked like i yeah. used to take my bike apart and put it back together when i was like nine or ten yeah. years old i took every part yeah. i'd paint it put it back together so totally, so yeah. so that I bet you that has some something to do with why we like molding, sculpting, casting, printing. It's like they're very like Dude, I love I love cleaning resins. I like to like grind them down and sand them and get them <laughs> like I like I like that tedious little detail yeah, yeah. stuff. It's just so much fun. I'm like today I was pouring resin outside and I'm like have my Dremel out there and I'm sanding things and I'm I don't get sick of it. I love it. Like I like the, so the the, the the sculpting all the way to the finished painted resin part is just every part of it is like a fun yeah. step of the journey it's so nice and to make a nice clean mold and then get a nice yeah. clean cast out it's so satisfying yeah I, I love like the efficiency of like i always try and like find something i feel like every time i make a mold i find a better way to do it and i love like the efficiency of these things you know like if you do you know getting like a super clean mold Except at first i'd make a mold that was like kind of junky and i'd spend like you know, so much time cleaning it each yeah. one. And if you make like 50 casts, it's like, do I have to clean that same <laughs> spot 50 times? And take it. But then like, I'll make it, I'll make one, clean it up, make another mold. And then that would be perfect. And it's just like, I, I like kind of like that problem solving part of yeah, it. Too, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I got really into like just resin casting and, and sculpting and stuff. And that was, it's just been fun. And I, that's one thing I, I bring to comic con or any convention now is just like a bunch of castings and, you know, you know, hand painted, uh, whatever it is I'm making at the time. Super okay. fun. Okay. So what kind of clays you're using? What kind of silicones you're using? What's your... I bounce back and forth. I, I, right now I'm using Sculpey. I use monster clay for a while. Oh, you're frozen. I use Chavant. 
for a while. I think I, I, I was using Shivana. Your video is frozen. Can you hear me? Oh, I can, I can hear you. Can I see you? you Am see I me? frozen? No. You're frozen. Oh, do you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, my video is frozen? Yeah. Oh. Let me. Oh, there we go. Okay. I can edit. Okay. I'll edit that out. Okay. <laughs> okay. So anyway, <laughs> what are your what are your materials, your preferred materials? Uh, I bounce back and forth for no reason. Monster Clay, Shavant, or Super Sculpey. Those okay. are the three I've been using. Um, I think they all kind of have like their strengths depending on what you're doing. And I try go. I try and think about something before I sculpt. If I'm doing like a, like a little small thing, I'll use like Sculpey. If I do something like a little bit, if I'm doing like a bigger piece with more detail, I guess I'll use like uh chiffon or monster clay i think those like work better with the armature mm -hmm. you know they're like not they're not as soft um do you and do... then for oh go, go ahead. ahead no go ahead i'll ask you after oh uh and then for silicones i use like just a platinum based smooth on i think right now i'm using uh mold star 15 but i've used like mold star 30 i i feel like i just it's just a learning process like I find something I don't like about one thing and then I'm like, oh well this this mold star whatever is too tough. I'll use right. I need to find a soft I'll use that one. I'm like, oh this is whatever. So I'll try rebound if I'm doing like a you know a slush mold type of thing. It just there's always kind of something I'm just I'm not super particular about any of that stuff. It's it's all whatever's best for the process. And my friend Steve will like go, Oh, you should try this one. It's pretty neat. So we'll I'll try that, you know. Yeah, so. yeah. That's cool. There was a, a what do you using for for that kind of stuff i'm well, sure that using you've been using smooth on stuff i i told a, a sculpting buddy of mine that i use smooth on and he's just like oh that stuff's junk <laughs> now i use uh all, all the molds see i don't i don't do my molds anymore i have someone i hire a, a guy lee shamel this guy is like a oh i know lee lee's yeah. awesome he's amazing yeah i love lee yeah his, his, his uh uh molds are impeccable he's like one of the best in the business um so i i just because time time wise and he does yeah. a better job than i i can do even with with time <laughs> he does a better job than me but um he uses uh he got me kind of hooked on dragon skin uh i don't know which smooth on you know smooth on dragon skin it's i've a, heard of dragon it's skin. platinum yeah, cure can. it's super reliable it's not finicky uh, that some some platinums can be kind of finicky about setting up against sulfur or or if you have weird oils on them or something but um I, I recently I made a, a little frame, this little um, I customized this little frame. Oh yeah, with skulls and stuff on it, and I molded that with this trial kit of Dragon Skin Thirty Slow Cure, because I didn't mm -hmm. want to degas it. I don't want to pull out my vacuum pump and deal with all. Oh, that. I love doing that. That's another part I love. <laughs> I know I love it is. It's really it's cool. It, but I just am like, it's so cool it's to watch. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know it's like slow cure, so it allows the bubbles to rise, so you don't have to right. worry about doing that. And um, and then for my resin, I use uh, I cast pretty much everything in this uh, um, uh, Siltech, which just got bought by Polytech. Siltech huh. was like uh, they were cheaper than smooth on they were more like they didn't have really a website you know they didn't have a good website they didn't have place like smooth on's way more user friendly whereas you know they got the different colored uh containers so you don't mix mm -hmm. them up whereas Siltech would just give they were 
to exactly you know they're they're made geared more towards professionals yeah you know, that are like they're... one's called a and one's called a one you're like what the hell am i doing here like this <laughs> well just like you it know just... one says a one says b but they look exactly the same and you have to like know what you're doing whereas the smooth yeah. on's a little more idiot proof it's a little more yeah geared yeah. towards like the average person who wants to learn which is really cool but the, but the price is a little higher but i got this stuff called um i use this stuff called uh siltech okay it's really nice it's shatterproof which is like it's got slight give so if you drop it it won't break and it's translucent and not transparent but translucent so it's like i uh i tint them with urethane tints and i can put glow powder in to make glow in the dark oh nice you know like this this is a a cast um oh yeah and that that's the siltech yeah yeah and you can see i don't know if you can tell it's like you know, it's translu translucent. You can see kind of some uh -huh. coming out of it. Yeah, I can, see, I can see light passing. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I do most of my stuff, I do like translucent and then um, either do weird colored one off variants or I'll do like a paint, paint job. You know, like that's so good, dude. Tr transparent, translucent kind of things. Uh, Are you like, using airbrush to paint that? No, oils. Really? Oils. Yeah, because acrylics. I'd never have have been able to get acrylic to stick that well to urethane. So oil paints just like you can't they're just amazing. And you get it to you can because you can blend, you use uh transparent colors. I use a little mm -hmm. bit of liquid like I do with my paintings and I could, you know, it'll dry overnight and um you could blend like crazy just like with an airbrush because it's oils you know so it looks the same as airbrush i was using oil paints when i first started uh painting resins only because that's all i had i didn't have any acrylics at the time and i i liked it and it was it was cool but like i, I started using acrylics recently because i was just i guess it's because i was making things for a convention and since i just need to make stuff so fast like i would like spray them all with a spray can yeah just yeah. do like if a dark they... just like a dark coat a mid-tone with dry brush right, light tone right. and I would, I would try and get like 15 of them done like in a few hours yeah, you know so like yeah. i think more like assembly line type of thought process is the way i was doing it yeah. um I, it's also made... i i prime it first i use a, for, to, to get them to stick i always hit it with like a little bit of krylon primer and i have no problems with like any kind of like flake off or anything yeah that's that's you know for um not translucent all the stuff i do is right. pretty much translucent at this right. point if, even you're, the if black, you're doing translucent yeah even yeah. the black frames i do i just like it's it's black uh i just tint yeah. it black and then i don't have to paint it and it looks really nice that's, and rich yeah. you know that's really smart so yeah and i but i mean for the dry brushes like i did a little gold test on this and um that's that's just acrylics for stuff like that i'll i'll, I'll use acrylic but if it's got to be a lot of paint on it i'll use um oil paints because it just sticks yeah. so well from like a fine art piece you're doing like the uh, the oils yeah, and stuff yeah yeah um <clears throat> and it looks the same as, as airbrushing but uh yeah i guess i haven't done air i just got hooked once i started doing translucent pieces i just got hooked because i was like putting sparkles in and yeah <laughs> little all kinds of weird little things because i make the molds like i for the most part not this one i just showed you but generally i try and sculpt things that are like a one-piece mold with an open uh -huh. back like this yeah it's like no two like pieces open, like open face yeah, yeah yeah and it's just like you just pour it in 
it's just there's no seam you got to deal with no seaming you know i have a technical question for you okay so if you're using like this translucent resin do you have any problems with air bubbles because the only experience i have with like a translucent i guess i was using a transparent was the smooth on stuff but like I got so I was trying to put like glow in the dark, so I was trying to put like um, pigments in there, but there'd be bubbles. So I went and bought a pressure pot, and that seemed to like help it. But like I really hate using that thing because it's a I pressure know. pot with like a compressor. It's just like just it's loud a, yeah, thing. It's a pain. I, One I, time the gasket blew off of it, and like it freaked me out. I'm like, oh my god, like it sounded like a bomb went off. I'm like, dude, this is awful. Like <laughs> nothing happened, but just like it just blew all this air out at me. I'm like, dude, that's it was scary. So like I don't like to use it. So how do you? How do you avoid bubbles with the Siltec, or do you just not get them? Um, I it's you know I was it's every once in a while I'll get bubbles. I was getting bubble like with um, glow casts, and it was because there was moisture in the glow powder, and so I had to put the glow powder in the microwave. I learned this from Kazu, the makeup huh. artist guy, who's like uh, he was because sometimes you can use colored flocking too. You ever seen colored flocking? I have. I didn't know you could put it in. You so you put that into the resin. Yeah, you you could color oh. it that way. And so uh, he used to do he used to do that with silicone because the the translucent resin's about the color of that milky silicone. The, yeah. The stuff. And so he would uh, they in the effects they would color all the silicone with flocking, and it just gives such great depth. And you it's got little little particles in there that you kind of like yeah. look almost like little veins or something, and um. Hmm. He used to have to, you know, I remember them having an issue with uh, moisture and he just, so I put the glow powder in the, in the microwave to get all the moisture out and that helped. So I don't usually have trouble with bubbles. Um, Is it like a quick set? Like how, how long does it take for the, the Siltec to, um, uh, to cure? It's a little, it's not as fast as like the, the cast master or the, or the cheaper, the white stuff, the tan stuff. It's like. It sets and I don't know, you could demold it usually in 40 minutes or something, you know, it's, it's yeah, I think it's takes, it takes more time to set and it is, but you can pull it out when it's soft and then mm -hmm. kind of lay it down. If it's like a flat piece, there's a certain point where you pull it out and it's still kind of soft. You can get out of the balls a little easier, but, um, I don't know. I just got hooked using that stuff and it, and, and it's just, you can do so much with it. Yeah, I think the, I think the quicker setting stuff is the stuff that has the problems with bubbles. At least in my experience, because it it just cures so quick, the yeah. bubbles don't have time to kind of like rise up, you know, yeah, and just get yeah, out of there. Yeah. But that's that's a good point. Yeah, but it's, my, it's my time. Have you have you done translucent casts before? Or I mean, a lot much. Just the transparent stuff I did once. It was like a I think it was smooth on three twenty five or whatever it was. It's completely uh, clear. Oh yeah, it might have like a little, maybe like a yellow, little uh, yellow tint. And I was putting like glow in the dark in there. I was putting some um, some dyes in there and just trying to get some those. Yeah, weird those effects. Show, those show more bubbles because they're water yeah. clear. You know, whereas yeah, that, if I'm that, using translucent, so it doesn't really show bubbles because it's not okay. totally clear. It's like it's more like fleshy. You yeah. I mean? Okay. Because I'm always trying, yeah. to, but but I do want to mess with. Um, I do want to try some water clear stuff because because you can you know you can put like army men in there and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's the stuff you need a pressure pot for. It's yeah. Cause you, yeah. Cause you it's just have to get rid of like those bubbles, dude. It's a pain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is going to be a, a real nerdy podcast. People will will love it. 
those who love it will love it and those who are, are not interested in all the technical stuff are probably yeah, going to hate it. Ho but... Hopefully there's some people who are like into printing and like the, the nuances of like pouring resin and stuff. <laughs> I think that stuff's interesting personally. But... Oh, do I love it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think for my next thing I'm going to try and uh, I, I should actually talk to you like come down and like get your advice on that or have you show me. I want to make some masks. Yeah. Like those I sent you some pictures of like some masks I made, but those are all paper mache. Mm -hmm. And I want to like make stuff out of like latex, whatever. I want to be able to like make one and like for Halloween and just like sell a few oh, and paint so them. Fun. Like I have yeah. I have no experience ever making a mold that way. I'm not even really kind of sure how to like do it. So oh, yeah, like that's like the next you. thing I want to do. Yeah. And there's a lot of resources on YouTube now, but um they even have it's like it's so easy now because they've got head farms you can buy that have like slightly thick necks. Yeah, that they have to fit, you know, they have to be like a little bit bigger. So they fit someone. Uh, they fit an average head because the latex shrinks a bit. The plaster shrinks a bit. You have to kind of like keep okay. that uh, in your mind. But yeah, you do like plaster molds and and uh, the, you know, it's it's so much more straightforward than the resin. It's like you clamp, put the mold, See? strap the mold together, dump in a bunch of latex and let it sit for a certain amount of time and it like the moi the plaster absorb absorbs the moisture and then you dump it back out and it makes this perfect skin and then you just let it dry kind of dump it up how do you paint do you, do you paint it with like acrylics or do you paint it with like silicone and latex uh you paint it with you can i've some people you can get away with painting it with acrylics but the best thing you can use this pax paint which is a makeup effects type paint call uh where you you make it you can buy it now pre-mixed but you bought use this uh, prosthetic adhesive it's like this milky thin prosthetic adhesive and you mix with acrylic paints like 50 50 and uh, okay. sponge that on you can't really airbrush you kind of can but it clogs a lot but but the best airbrushing for latex masks is uh rubber cement paint and it's hmm. it's toxic but it works so well it's like you you mix rub take rubber cement and then you mix universal colorant in it and um, mix your colors and you thin it with naphtha. Um, okay. And then you spray that and it just like bites into the latex and, and huh. it, it can't rub it off. I don't, you know, from what I remember back in the day, it really, back when they used to, in the 70s, all those masks were done with that. And, you know, that's it's probably really toxic whoever was painting them but that stuff freaks me out though i i hate the idea i mean i'm sure i do lots of things that have some toxicity to them but like i don't like yeah, just the thought nasty. of like i mean i mean you just you do it outside and you wear like the right do it outside stuff and use and a respirator it's all good yeah you're you're good yeah you get a fan blowing away from you but yeah doing it indoors is not good oh man i can't i can't i think of all the things i did when i was younger in the business it was like it's kind of scary before osha was there to, yeah. trying to like take get, get things regulated yeah, <laughs> just like yeah. painting like in a room like a closet with like no windows and stuff yeah i've done it before it's all people walk in they're like man it's all foggy in here it's like i didn't even notice and it. you're like you're like i can't smell yeah. anything <laughs> <laughs> you've been there for like hours Holy like your, man. your senses uh. and nerves are all just shot and gone <laughs> so what do you um what do you, what are your plans? I mean, what what's your I don't know what's your overall goal for the future? Are you just kind of like <sighs> do you just kind of go I don't know one thing to another, <laughs> or do you have like this yeah big for, grand goal right now? For... It's just it just seems like I'm just going from one thing to the other. Like I mean, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's just kind of what I've been doing. 
uh, I'm, I'm doing Rose City Comic Con in a month. September, I'm doing Rose City Comic Con. That's kind of a fun one. Um, me and Skinner are doing we're doing part of a haunted house. Uh, do you know who Peaches Christ is? Uh, the drag queen up in San Francisco. She mm. she puts on like this haunted house every year at the SF Mint. It's called the Terror Vault. It's awesome. Really? And it's like this huge story. It's in the SF Mint. It's massive. They get like actors. They have a huge budget. Like it's this big, big thing all of, all of October. And me and Skinner are going to get like one room and we're just going to like make it like crazy chaotic, build yeah, monsters and stuff. Funny. And it, we have like a couple actors that are going to help us like that are going to be part of our little room. Um, so we're going to work on that. Actually, we're going to start working on that. I think next next week. Um, yeah, it just convention here, convention there. I don't know if I have like any super amazing, like long-term like life plans, but uh, that's it just the way seems it is, to be like, know, as an artist, yeah. it's like until you hit that point where you can kind of call your, call the shots, you have to make money every yeah. month, you know? Just yeah. I just, I just like to, yeah. I just like to kind of like keep furthering the things I want to learn, like, you know, making masks and maybe painting even bigger or like all these things that kind of like still interest me. I still want to do all that stuff and find the right avenues to kind of like, share them sell them you know meet other people along the way who are just as interested as i am who kind of like get me excited about it who i can learn from and share with and all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff just i i've liked that part of my my life you know mm -hmm. and i want to definitely keep furthering that you know yeah well let's see so one one other thing i guess i should mention is you're in like northern california but you're not in how far are you from san francisco i'm like 30 miles east of it oh that's i'm not, that's not that i'm not far. no it's not it's i'm still in the bay area but i'm like on the east east bay so i'm like probably like another i'm probably 10 miles east of oakland right now um i've been here most of my life uh, i like it up here it's just you know it's i like it and i hate it for different reasons like <laughs> it's san francisco it's the bay area so it's very crowded i mean you know you're from la but it's like yeah. it's very packed it's very crowded it's very expensive to live out here yeah yeah um but, you know, the things I, you know, having the studio is super nice. We have our little house on this little street that's very quiet. So, like, I, I, I enjoy the things I have. Plus, the art, the art scenes out here is really cool. Lots of, like, lots of really good artists. Everyone is really nice, mm. really just, like, willing to, like, hang out and all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, it seems like uh, uh, I've always thought that san francisco seems super insular in their art community and i think it's because the scene you have is so good you don't really need to go outside of it it's like such a <laughs> yeah. cool scene that you know you don't need to really go other places you know because yeah it seems like i i've known i can't no one comes to mind but um i've known san francisco artists that just don't go outside of san francisco really you know yeah we ha we have a really good art scene like there's there's always galleries going on there's always shows oakland has their art scene so it's like between oakland and san francisco right. it's like there's just like always something kind of going on and there's so many like good artists out of here it's it's pretty inspiring yeah um yeah i love it yeah for, cool. for, for me for me getting into it like a long time ago is it, it was just kind of like it was nice to have that resource just like just the locality of it it's like oh we can just we can go to sh we can go to a show like on Friday and Saturday. Mm -hmm. you can probably be in a show also. It just it was always always happening, you know. Yeah, that's like L.A., you know. And that's, that's I don't know. 
of any two other cities like that. Really? Yeah. Because I don't even. Do you ever even go to LA anymore? Do you ever like drive into LA for anything? <laughs> Not unless I have to. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I haven't been to San Francisco. I probably go like once every like two years. It's just like it's right there, but it takes forever to get there. Yeah, like, it's just the tra the, it's mainly the traffic, traffic is insane. And yeah. then when you're there, there's like no place to park. Yeah, yeah. Like I can take the train out there, but our train isn't like it just goes in. You have to kind of like make your way around. It's yeah. just uh, I just rather just like stay in my little nook of the woods. And, yeah, you same know, here. Not not really <laughs> go anywhere. I'm about I, to... I heard I heard you you said that like you and Alex like live like or Alex's studio is like super close to your yeah. house, but like you never even go out that way. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I need to I'm gonna need to bug him about that. I gotta go check it out. But yeah, it's like you know, I don't know, probably four miles from me or three miles or something. It's like yeah, right in the next town over. He's got a good little spot. I think you'd like it. It's like a little industrial spot that yeah. for him it's it's kind of perfect. I'm just gonna be so jealous when I see it. I'm always jealous of everybody's studios. Everyone has a studio except me. But it's, you know, it's always fun to see someone's studio space. Oh, I, I it's love like a studios. Of who they are, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I love his studio visits. I was thinking of doing that on um, to kind of build this YouTube channel because I'm trying to get this because I got the dark art side of youtube channel monetized mm -hmm. and so it makes like you know 15 dollars a month or something <laughs> <laughs> but it's like i just i know it could be a bigger thing and another another source of income i'm doing the podcast anyway so i just do it video now put it on youtube as well but um i was thinking it would be kind of a cool feature to go since i live around like some of the best artists in the world i'm friends with yeah and go and do like studio tours and put that on yeah. YouTube. That would be pretty. I would love to see. You can that. make it. You can make it like a lifestyles or famous <laughs> lifestyles of the art. The, yeah, cribs like like a, <laughs> lifestyles of the artists and like all their weird little creations they make. That'd be cool. Yeah, you know, so many people like everywhere, especially in LA. Like that'd be super. Easy. Yeah, I could, like knock out like a bunch of episodes. Uh, like I'm just. I weekend. know. I should do it. I just gotta get. It's just so. There's so much to do. I'm like still trying to figure out. Like, I need to cut these interviews up. And make these TikTok videos and Instagram reels, these shorts, yeah, so that I can keep start promoting this thing. And it's just so much to do, and I'm trying to do my all my other shit. It's just like, oh my god, dude, that's the hardest part is trying to figure out when you can do the certain things you want to do because, like, like Instagram, for example, like there was one week where I spent, I was trying to promote like a sale I had, I think back in March, and I and I spent like a solid week. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do reels all week. And I did it, but like, I was like taking video. I was bringing it into premiere. I was like finding right. music and it's all I did for a week. I didn't do anything <laughs> else. And it's like, it worked really well. Like it was like the first time I've ever seen my follower account go up in like five years. Right. But like, it was the only thing I did. Like I didn't draw, I didn't like do anything I else. Know. Like it's just, that was it. And it's like, man, like I, it's so easy to like not do all the things you want to do because of all the other stuff that you don't want to do is so time consuming. I know, you know, I know this. Yeah. This is a tough year for me too. Cause it, it's like, I took, tried to take time off and I got to finish all these commissions that I've had. People have been waiting for years for them. And so I'm like trying to take care of them and it's just like getting it done, but it's so slow because I have to stop yeah. and keep making money. And every month it's just the same fucking story with me. I swear to God, but I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit. That struggle. It's that struggle, man. Like then, then it feels like, like you're doing work. It's like, like this oh, should be man. fun. Like, like this should be like fun and experimental and just like, 
like interest but now it just feels like dude i just gotta fucking do this like, yeah it's this it's late, you know <laughs> it's just it's like, like a, this is not why it's I like a, do it's this. like a job and now i work seven days a week instead of five days a week. <laughs> do you ever like try, i mean i know you mentioned you said you have you have lee help you yeah. with like mold making do you ever like is there anybody who can like you can get help from from other for other things or yeah is it just like, i'm oh, sure i could i need to i need to reach out and maybe put the word out um i'm just like i don't know you know how it is i'm just like i yeah. always try and do everything myself and it's just there's a point where you just can't um i i just need to do it i i need to like it's also hard finding that person who who you can like trust with that kind of stuff too because i know the guy i help the guy who i have um who is my part-time employee it took me a long time to find that guy because i would i would hire people to help cut prints and pack prints and they were just like not careful they were super slow yeah. and it, it was just like i found this one now i have this one guy who's like amazing but right. it took me like three years to find this guy yeah. you know it's just like that part of it is just like it's part of like the, the process you know yeah yeah it's not, it's not as easy as just like hiring somebody yeah yeah it's exactly you can hire 10 people and they're all getting you know they might all suck or you know steal from you or who knows what <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well uh uh i guess that's it i guess yeah, it's, yeah. It's, so yeah we're almost at two hours so th thanks for coming on man it's super great talking to you um yeah nice talking to you too i i hadn't talked to you for a long time and then we saw you at monster palooza got that dinner i'm like man telling him like dude chet's such a nice guy it's like super <laughs> positive super easy to talk to well, that's you know? how i feel about you guys it's like i just yeah. every every time we we run into each other it's like why aren't we at least texting i start texting yeah. i start texting alex so i'm gonna keep texting him i'm gonna start texting you and at least yeah. we can text each other pictures of what we're yeah. working on stuff like that you know yeah at the yeah. very yeah. least <laughs> yeah it's good it's good for like motivation too like sometimes i just need that because i'll be in my studio for like six hours and like not even hear anything like not even like talk to anything so it's like, <laughs> nice to just like have some communication yeah going. <laughs> yeah okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna start bugging you with things you'll see sweet yeah um, please do yes okay so uh yeah say goodbye you have to just say goodbye to the audience like we do normally just say goodbye audience oh. or something however Bye, you audience say. Bye, audience. Thank you so much for listening. If you've listened this far, sorry to bore you with my weird print talk, our print, weird print talk and our weird uh, technical uh, resin talk, but I enjoy you. I appreciate you. And thank you so much.